Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hey everyone, got an exciting show for you today. I have a friend of a friend that was connected, and uh, he's doing some pretty amazing things. He just released a new book called The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. He runs a podcast with his father-in-law called The Smart Real Estate Coach, and uh, this is going to be a great show. So let's welcome Zachary Beach to the show. How are you doing, Zach? Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm super excited that uh, our, our uh, mutual friend, Josh, was able to connect us. It sounds like we got a lot of commonalities, and I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing your audience uh, some great value. There you go. All right, Zach. Well, why don't you introduce yourself in your own words, where you at in the country, what you do in this crazy world of real estate investing. Sure. Yeah. So I'm uh, Zachary Beach, located up in uh, Southern Rhode Island, Newport, Rhode Island. If anybody's been here, a fantastic uh, tourist town uh, down here on the water. Um, I mean, my, my story is uh, pretty basic, uh, <laughs> I'd like to say. Uh, but I think it's also inspirational in a way as uh, when I hopped out of college, I was a bartender, personal trainer, and, um, and I just didn't know what to do with my life for a period of time until I, I started connecting with my father-in-law, Chris, who had a real estate investing company at the time. And I said, hey, I don't know if I'm going to like real estate, but I think it would make a heck of a lot of sense if I jumped in and, and see if I could help. Um, and luckily, he was he was 100% okay with that. Uh, so... Fast forward, you know, four years later, I've been full-time investing for about four years now. Um, did over 100 deals in about three years. Um, 100% towards, uh, because of my amazing team, I don't want to say I did all on my own, my amazing team and the associates that do deals with around the country. And um, out of that spawned uh, an amazing uh, real estate coaching company, smartrealestatecoach.com, uh, smart uh, where we help people around the country buy and sell property on terms, uh, which is primarily what we focus on. So lease options, owner financing, subject to deals. Very, very cool. So much there to unpack. Let's first go back to rolling out of college. It sounds like if I got my time right, you maybe left college, what, 2010 to 12, somewhere in there? Uh, 2012. So I'll be, 
29 now. I graduated high school. I'm backtracking now. Graduated high school in 08. Graduated college about uh, 2012. Um, bartended for four years. Bartended personal training. So yeah. I was definitely burning the can on both ends. <laughs> uh, staying up late and then um, at bartending and then personal training bright early in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I, I tend to get burnt out. So about 25, I retired from that and jumped into real estate full time. Got it. So again, so you leave college, it's 2012. Um, you have this new degree, you celebrate, no doubt. Um, like a lot of youth, right? You're like, what do I do now kind of thing? And did you just fall into bartending because it was a skill you had from college or just, hey, a buddy knew a buddy and you got a job or what? What? I'm trying to get that, that first part of this story. Yeah, all right. So um, my, uh, my in-laws, now my in-laws, uh, lived down in Rhode Island at the time. I was from Central Mass. Mm -hmm. um, so me and my wife, I went to school right in the Southeastern Mass border uh, because, heck, it was the cheapest uh, school I could go to uh, and still be close to my now wife. Um, and then she went to the University of Rhode Island. So her parents moved down to Newport, Rhode Island, and I said, I am not moving back to Central Massachusetts, which is right in Worcester. Uh, so I said, all right, well, let's let's see what we can do down there and that's a very touristy driven area uh, hospitality so i dove in so i went just started scouting out places and started bar backing okay. um, in order to make some cash flow yeah. and then eventually moved into bartending and then that became the lifestyle uh, so you really have to make a decision after you're in the hospitality business for a while is this something i want to be in for life because it's a totally different lifestyle or is this just something for the short term? And when I first got into it, I said, I was only going to bartend until I was 25 years old. Um, it was a heck of a lot of fun. I met a ton of people. But it definitely wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. I want to have kids, a family, and actually see my family. Uh, because you're working every holiday. You're working every night. So it becomes uh, it's totally different. It's like you're living on a different planet. Very cool. So you get to 25. Um how was that kind of first conversation with your father-in-law, right? That, that's, I mean, it could be uncomfortable if you kind of think about it. It could be just an easy conversation. I, I don't know your relationship, which clearly sounds to be awesome. But what was that first one like when he's like, hey, buddy, stop this craziness. You know, let's do some real estate together. Or, or how did that happen? Now it's more like me approaching it um, with the, the understanding. So like we're, I'm, I'm not, I'm not employable. I'd like to say, <laughs> I, I can't go get a normal job. I don't honestly don't even, I think I just went to college because it was the thing. All right, I'll tell you, I went to college because all my teachers in high school said I wasn't going to be able to go to college. That was probably the only reason. Uh, so then, so I knew I wasn't employable. I've tried it many times. I, I can't go get a normal job. So my father-in-law is very entrepreneurial. He said real estate investing would be pretty cool to get involved in. If anything, I'll learn some good skills. Okay. Uh, so I just went to him and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to leave bartending. I'm not sure what I want to do. Uh, it sounds like you, uh, you and his ex, my brother-in-law at the time, are, are doing some great real estate. Um, I'd like to see if I can learn some skills. Um, so I started making phone calls to sellers in between those other jobs. Uh, to a, for about, I think I started in December and then I went full-time in April. You know, for about six, seven months. Uh, so adding another thing on. Um, and then I started to get a hang of it. So then we just, we came up with a game game plan and really at the time it wasn't I know most people are saying like oh it was your father-in-law you probably marked into a cushy salary uh, <laughs> no I didn't have anything we get paid for the work that we do we all split profits based on deals so 
at that time it was pretty risky at that end. I, I had enough saved up where, you know, it could last a couple months. So I had to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just dove in and, and uh, I was surrounded by a fantastic team and we ended up making it work. Very cool. So it sounds like, so it sounds like you had some infrastructure around you with your father-in-law the team you're talking about, but you were, you had, you had to eat what you killed. So it was not this, you know, here's 50 K salary, you know, go sit in the corner and, you know, wait for clients to come. You had to hustle and, and go do it. Yeah. When I first started, um, the, and our family, it naturally, uh, like the energy kind of naturally flows and our positions change. And now it's kind of shifted over the last couple of years uh, where everybody ends up being, uh, in, a, in the right seat for their strengths. But what I originally did was it was almost like, I was like, um, really well-paid VA. I was making like 50 hours worth of outbound calls to expired listings, like day in and day out, eight hours a day. That's all I was doing was generating leads. I think at one point in time, you know, myself personally, I was generating somewhere between 20 and 30 leads a week, uh, which if you look back on the numbers, uh, and, and these are leads for buying and selling on terms. It's not just like any leads possible. So to get really good at those scripts. Um, so it was, you know, it was uh, <laughs> mundane to say, but uh, I learned every skill that I needed. And then eventually as I progressed and moved more and more and more towards buying, you know, the entire process of buying the property and then uh, my brother-in-law sells them all. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, at least for me, and that's buying and selling on terms, right? Lots of people that do this real estate investing thing uh, always talk about the cash sale. Maybe may their cash, maybe someone's el- other, you know, hard money, private money, what assignment fees, who knows. Uh, but what you really have focused on is the niche that I think is going to explode in the next couple of years when people have no equity, but have great rates, fixed rates. Uh, so I think your skill is about to pay off exponentially. Not that it, not that it hasn't already paid off, but I think it's about to explode. Um, but let's just educate people what it means to buy on terms and sell on terms. How, how do you want to break that down? Yeah. So to make it as simple as possible, uh, buying and selling on terms tends to mean a couple of things. It means that we're buying without using our own cash, without using our own credit, without asking investors for money, without going to banks. Um, we're working directly with sellers. We're crafting up terms um, to fit both the seller's needs in order to, to fill a solution uh, in terms where we're able to make a profit. Um, that's buying uh, on that end, which tends to fall in those three categories, which we were talking about, which is buying and selling on a lease option. So title stays in the seller's name on a lease option. You have full control over the property, um, which gives you the ability to then sell it to a, what we call a tenant buyer. So someone that's just outside of financeability, someone who's self-employed, needs time for seasoning, or someone that has a legitimate hiccup in their credit. Uh, the other ones are owner financing, which means that you're, uh, you're buying the property, the, the seller's uh, transferring title to you, but the seller holds a mortgage or a note. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one, which is buying subject to the existing loan, simply means that the, your title's transferring, so you're buying it, but uh, you're acknowledging that there's an existing loan on the property and you're going to be contractually obligated to continue to pay it. That loan still stays in the seller's name. Yeah. Very cool. Nicely done. So um, I guess the thing that most people think of when they think terms is why in the heck would a seller even consider that? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's, it's important to realize that these conversations are not at surface level. Mm-hmm. It's really important to realize that because 
any you're able to craft up terms deals if you're able to solve the needs or the solution if you're able to find a solution for that seller mm -hmm. just for example so if you're buying the property on a um, on owner financing let's say uh, and we actually craft up a lot of our deals to have principal only payments and you're like why the heck would a seller sell you the property without any interest people always ask well I've heard of interest only payments but not principal only payments um, and the reason is because we're able to solve a seller's need, which somebody selling on owner financing tends to have uh, with Eddie Speed, and he's a, a friend of ours, tends to say a real estate problem. Yeah. So they have this real estate, they don't have a money problem, they have plenty of money, and they just don't want to be able to take care of this property, so you're solving that need. You're able to provide them monthly cash flow. Great for them, they're able to get cash flow. Great for you, it's principal, it's coming directly off the purchase. Um, and, and you're able to get them their price, more than likely you get them their price. You're protected because the amount of principal coming off every month is huge, so you're leveraging yourself. Uh, so don't need their equity, a seller tends to not need their equity today, wants full price, wants an easier transaction than dealing with your typical real estate, isn't willing to drop their price, you know, at 60% on the, you know, 60 cents on the dollar. Um, you know, more, maybe a second, second property, uh, for owner financing. So that's just hitting the owner financing, but it's really just finding out what their need is and then crafting up terms that help them. Yeah, I, I think really what this goes to, and you said it earlier, so I want to repeat it, is uh, these are not sur surface level conversations, right? There, there are too many people in this business that believe the social media hype around just throw a low ball 60% ARV cash offer out there and do that enough times and something will come. Maybe, but if you really understand the seller, you'll find that there's other ways to make a profitable transactions for both of you. Uh, and that's really what this is, right? Real estate's a people business. People think it's just money or sticks and bricks. It is really a people business. Would you agree? You could have said it better. Uh, it's, we just happen, we're in the people business, we just happen to use the medium of real estate. There you go. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And again, I'm, I mean it. I think the skills that you all have or that you've executed the last four years are about to go exponential because if what happens, what I see happening is I see prices getting softer. I see inventory building days on market. And unfortunately, people still need to sell sometimes, right, for life events. And uh, I, think, I think a pretty popular transaction going forward is going to be subject to, right? You're going to be subject to this 3.5% mortgage because they can't sell, right? They don't have the equity or if they have equity, it's not big enough to pay the realtor and they need to get out because their job moved to Texas or, or whatever. So um, you want to talk about an example subject to deal and, and kind of how that worked through and how you solved the seller's problems. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just keeping like a really base subject to deal, you're, you're on the impression that the, like you said, the seller doesn't have any equity in the property. If they sell it, they're coming out of pocket. Mm -hmm. they, they can't go with a realtor because they're going to be a commission out of pocket. Mm -hmm. um, so you'd be buying a property for exactly what they owe at the time of, of closing. Um, you'd then be taking over their payment. Um, and then we typically don't have an end date. Um, you can create an end date in the future to pay off the loan. Mm -hmm. um, certainly you could do that. But if, if you're a savvy investor, you, you won't put that end date in there. Or you do your best to know it in there. Mm -hmm. um, 
I would say most recent, uh, we, we live up in an area uh, or we buy property in an area that's near a military base. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tends to be really good because military folks are able to either go get another loan mm-hmm. pretty easily or they're getting uh, basically subsidies or cash flow in order to go pay for their rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they move quite often. Um, so we bought a property subject to the existing loan. Um, the seller was moving. He didn't have any equity. He was moving to another state. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to deal with the property anymore. Didn't want to deal with the renters. So we were able to close on it. We don't have an end date, but he knows the property is, is taken fully care of. Um, we're able to, and then on the, on the back end for us to create a profit, because people are probably saying, well, you're buying it subject. You're buying it for roughly what they owe. That's roughly, it tends to be what the market's mm-hmm. bearing. Uh, how are you able to create profit? So if you look at the backside, we're able to create profit from uh, what we call our three paydays, which are the non-refundable deposit that you're going to collect from your tenant buyer because you're able to sell the property at a premium because it's for a future date. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're able to create a, you're going to be getting the huge benefit there without an end date is you're going to be getting the benefit of principal pay down on this loan, mm-hmm. which is really important because as the market appreciates, even if it's just so slightly over a long period of time, the principal is going to pay down and the market's going to increase. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to create large back end profits for you. Um, so you're able to create that on the back end and you're more than likely to be able to create cash flow, uh, especially as you were saying, people with low interest rates or low interest rate loans, there's going to be a good spread that you're going to be able to create on a, on a, on a, bay, a monthly basis there. So pay number one, non-refundable deposit, pay number two, cash flow every month. And pay number three would be the back end profits until it gets sold and the tenant buyer goes and gets our loan. There you go, folks. So you've been able to do this the last four years. How often do you actually hold anything or are you just playing the spread, right? You, you acquire it, then your brother-in-law sells it and you're just managing the spread across the decent portfolio. Is that how it kind of works? Um, in a way. Yeah. So it just depends. So if we want to even take it like maybe the next step up as far as level of being a real estate entrepreneur here, uh-huh. uh, if you buy the property subject to the existing loan and there is equity in the property, you could actually have the seller finance it and you could buy it on a wrap mortgage mm-hmm. or you could say there is no equity. You can buy it sub two and then you can sell it on a wrap mortgage to a buyer and now you increase the interest. So if you buy it at 3.5% you sell it at 8%. Well, now you become the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be holding on to the property, but not in the essence of you're renting it, your property in the essence of you being a bank. Yeah. Um, so we manage them and the deals tend to span anywhere from 24 to 10 plus years now, depending on the exit strategy, um, which also depends on how we buy. Very cool. And give me a feel for kind of volume you do in a month. Because uh, again, you're in a relatively small geographic space, I think, right? Yeah. So- I mean, are you doing half a dozen a month now, a dozen, or what, what, what kind of volume can you get just focused on terms? Yeah, so if you're looking at, so we have two different businesses. So we have our personal buy and sell entities. We're always in the trenches still doing deals. But we lock arms with uh, associates that we complete deals with around the country. So if you look at the combination, we're doing about 12 to 15 deals a month around the country uh, on terms, uh, which is Always, which is increasing dramatically as um, as you know the associates start to learn the business more because we we help them build, scale it, and and teach them every asset, every part of the business in order to, to get there. So 
those numbers I would expect in a year from now to be 20 plus deals a month. Um, as you alluded to earlier, which is, this is going to be, these skills are going to pay off in the future soon because of the way that the market is, but it's also going to be paying off in the future because of the way, um, <laughs> the way just the market in general is happening within these niches of, of real estate, which is there's so many people wholesaling now, like, because that's like the entry level of real estate. So you have every single person wholesaling now. And then because of HGTV, now it's really cool to fix and flip houses. Now those markets are becoming so saturated yeah. that um, high-level real estate investors are now moving towards the owner financing, the buying notes, the, the terms deals because it opens up uh, really their portfolio in order to do these types of deals without working in these high, high competitive markets, which you know, everybody's presenting the exact same deal. And what, one out of 20 offers or one out of 30 offers you get ends up becoming a deal mm-hmm. and you're spending... 10, 20, 30, I met some high level wholesalers and flippers, $100,000 in marketing they're spending every month with Facebook ads and with targets. Like how many deals do you have to do with those margins in order to make those business profitable? That sounds like a headache to me. Yeah, well, you know, here's the deal. I think there will be less wholesalers and less flippers in 18 to 24 months because it all works out great when the market's like this, right? Which has been Mm -hmm. the last 10 years. Uh, there will just simply be less of them because they'll be over leveraged. They'll have too much inventory. The cost of money will go up. Risk profile. I mean, it's just, it's going to crumble and crack in all of that. Uh, and like you say, the, the entrepreneurs who kind of le- up, up level their game and realize that all you have to do is focus on understanding how to solve problems are the ones that are going to win. And, and that's really what you do when you understand people and the flexibility of terms, uh, especially into a flat or a down market, which I do think is coming. So let's talk about these um, associates, I think was the word you used. Talk about what it means to be an associate. How do you kind of you know, qualify them? How do you, you know, do you send them through a program? What, what does that all mean for the folks watching this? Because I'm sure some of them would be going, hey, I want to be one of his associates. Yeah, so being an associate simply means that you've gone through, so you're going to go through an application process, a strict application process, um, and it's somebody that wants to complete transactions. Uh, what we realize is there's a huge gap in, in the real estate industry in general. There's a lot of programs being sold, especially a lot of programs being sold that are 15 and 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, so they're irrelevant to this market, and then people wonder why they do the program and they can't do deals. Yeah. Uh, so there's a huge gap between you actually buying a program and you doing a deal. So what we were, that gap is what we're working on. That's what the associate program is all about. It's full immersion. So mm-hmm. you come in, you um, typically a person will go through our program, meaning they'll understand the ins and outs of how to buy and sell real estate our way. And then they want to uh, get in the trenches and join our community, uh, which you get our community and then coaches in order to help you build and secure your business. So, Anything from talking to a seller to deal structuring to uh, managing your VA uh, to selling the property to scaling your business is what the associate program is. It's full immersion. Very cool. Why don't you talk about your book? I really love that title, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. Yeah, New Rules of Real Estate Investing. It was a, it was a book that me, uh, my brother-in-law and father-in-law all co-authored. Um, we... To, to continue this conversation about what we've been talking about, there's, there's just new rules to like what's happening nowadays in the real estate market. So 
Um, there's 24 leading experts in there. It's not just our niche. It's niches, you know, throughout real estate and the top leading experts that are in it. And it's, it's what can you do today in order to become successful in real estate? So tons and tons of great nuggets in there. It's also really cool. Uh, the way we did it is me, my brother-in-law and uh, father-in-law, we put notes in there. So that way, after you kind of go through the chapter, key action items, uh, things like that in order to, to make sure that you're taking action through this book. It's not just a, a fun read. Yeah. I should have actually asked you this earlier. Do you have it around you where you could reach it and flash it on screen or is it not? Uh, oh, absolutely. There you go. All right. Live TV here. <laughs> Always, right? You know, I want everyone to know who we are. Exactly. Uh, personally, right? So there you new go. rules of real estate investing. Another Amazon bestselling book. Uh, our first one uh, was about two years. We had an Amazon bestselling book. I would expect we're going to redo that one and resend it, resend it out there again. Very cool. um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. I'd be, uh, this is a good place to, sure. to send people to. Go for it. Yeah, so because, you know, Michael is, uh, was gracious enough to have me on, uh, I want to give anybody in the audience um, that's listening or watching uh, yeah. a free, our free book. Um, all you have to do is go to newrulesforfree.com. That's newrulesforfree.com. No shipping, no handling. Uh, we'll send it to you for free. It's actually a hard copy. No eBooks. I am a huge fan of actually reading a book, folding the pages, writing notes in it. Um, so we'll give it to you absolutely for free. All you got to do is go to that website and uh, give us your address, and we'll ship it out to you. Newrulesforfree.com. Just so we're clear, the four is the word, not the number. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> F O R. I guess. I guess. Yeah, F O R. -U yeah, for got it. Newrulesforfree.com. So I guess Zach, the one question I want to ask, and again, I'm I'm asking selfishly because I see a, a changing environment coming. Um, what do you see over the next two to three years? Right, you're going to double down, uh, increase your footprint and associates because again, I think you're going to roll into an environment where this is this is gold, man. I mean, I don't know how this doesn't just explode for you. Uh, what do you guys see coming? Right, do you see it? Or are you like, no, it's five or six years off? Or I'm just curious. Well, uh, two years ago, we actually created a mission for us, and that's to do 1,500 transactions uh, by 2022. So oh, okay. um, no matter what the market is, we're, we're, we're helping people in the trenches getting deals done. The beautiful thing about buying and selling on terms is if the market's hot, which in most areas, we're still buying a lot of property. If the market's cold, we're still buying a lot of property. So it, it's... It's a fantastic way in order to leverage yourself because you're not signed personally. Uh, if you're getting loans, they're, being, they're from sellers, you're able to craft up your own terms. Um, so it's a great way to leverage yourself against the market. If the market dips soon enough, then of course you're gonna be able to get better deals and it's gonna take you less leads in order to get those deals. Mm -hmm. But if the market continues to go up, it's just gonna take you more leads in order to get those deals. So uh, we're, we're uh, fully bought into this, this type of buy and selling as it's, we become transaction engineers, which means uh, it doesn't matter which niche you're in right now, maybe a wholesaler, maybe uh, a flipper. This is something that you can add to your portfolio. You can add this cold to your hat. So let's say you're like, hey, I don't want to just buy on terms. You know, I like wholesaling or I still like to get my hands dirty and flip properties. Well, there's so many properties that you're turning away mm -hmm. uh, because you're you know, a one-trick pony. Instead, now you have the ability to take any deal that comes across your, your desk and create you know, a, a different option for it and create cash flow for yourself. Yeah. I guess the one question I failed to ask earlier, kind of we, as we broke down the business is 
How are you marketing to find these sellers that might be open to this? Is it just the cold calling like you talked about earlier where your call-in expires eight hours a day? Are you doing any out, any other kind of outbound marketing, you know, letters or postcards or uh, text? Me- I mean, what, what's the outbound reach look like? Yeah, I would say um, because we tend to work with a lot of, uh, or our associates tend to be a lot of people that are, already have a full-time job uh, or or transitioning, maybe first-time entrepreneurs or somebody that's looking to add this to portfolio. We don't have like, we don't recommend doing a ton of like overhead. So some people will tell you to send out thousands upon thousands of direct mail. I think that's a piece of your business. We send out direct mail, but when we send out direct mail, that tends to be very specific. Like I want to buy a property on owner financing. I want it to be free and clear, out-of-state owner, vacant, uh, in this area, and we'll we'll hammer that area. Um, compared to, you know, an everyday activity would be outbound calls to like expired listings. So people that have been through the market, been spit out the other side. Now they have some motivation. Um, so a majority of it is outbound calls. We do also utilize some technology like slide broadcasts, text messages, uh, things along those lines. But a lot of this is done face-to-face or over the phone uh, because we're solving problems. So we got to get down to the nitty gritty um, rather quickly. Yeah, no, again, it goes back to folks, this is a people business and you've got to talk to people that may have a motivation and an expired listing makes sense. Uh, Free and clear, out of state, vacant makes total sense, right? You're a sniper. You're not that I'm going to do $100,000 in, you know, postcards a month person, right? That just- No, I think it's it's a lot of wasted cash flow. I think once- the way we always scale up the business is we say, get used to, you know, the scripts, do, do the, you know, the grunt work at the beginning, get used to being in the trenches, uh, making calls, go on appointments, doing that. And then eventually scale yourself by bringing in some additional people like VAs um, or, you know, building out your team. Uh, and also at the same time, you can start hitting some postcards, start hitting some direct mail, um, but that should be in addition to, um, you know, your, your everyday calls. Cause that's what we found works. No matter what, uh, we found that works because also you got to think about too with technology. Uh, the laws are constantly changing, so you just you just never end with mailing. You just never know what's what's going to be affected. So by making your constant outbound calls and knowing how to speak to people, you always have a guaranteed lead source coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach, thank you very much for bringing this uh, this notion of buying on terms. I've said it a couple of times. I'll say it in the close. I believe this is a skill that is going to become increasingly valuable uh, in the very near future. And, um, you know, I applaud you for what you've done. You're being an entrepreneur. Working with your father-in-law has got to be interesting. I can only imagine. Uh, but it sounds like it's working out for you. So congratulations. Hey, thank you very much, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Take care.